0: Good morning, living word. Good morning, Morning manites. Welcome to Morning Manna on a beautiful day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm certainly happy that I'm highly favored by God. I'm the light of the world. I'm the salt of the earth. I season the earth. Amen. I could dance to that song all day long. We give God thanks again. God certainly is good to us. I pray that today is terrific, Um, you know, that something just awesome, terrific will take place in your life today. Will you create that expectation for yourself? Come on, just create that expectation for yourself that today is going to be terrific. You're going to see tremendous results in the things that you put effort to. I speak that over you this morning. Remember, each and every day, we've got to talk to ourselves and speak to our world. Direct the, the course of your world through proper thinking and proper words, and we will influence the outcomes. Amen? And so when you wake up, connect with our Heavenly Father. Thank Him. Thank Him for waking you up another day in the land. Thank you for opening your eyes and you can see you lift your hands. They absolutely work your fingers. We take those little things for granted, but without it, we need somebody to help us, right? And if we could just help ourselves, we just ought to give God thanks. You know, the fact that we know Christ, really, that is the greatest thing to give God thanks for. Many people don't have functionality of their limbs, but they know Christ. And so because of that, they are blessed and divinely favored by God. Jesus said, "It's better to go into the kingdom without a limb than to have all your limbs and miss the kingdom of heaven." Amen. Today, I want to talk about uh, future proofing your life. How do future proof your life? How do you know you're saved? How do you know that you're going to get into the kingdom of heaven? Tell me, how do you know that? What is it? What proof do you have? What is it? What is it about you? that will guarantee your entrance into the kingdom of heaven. So we're going to try to talk a little bit about that today, explain that a little bit, Um, get us to a place of understanding because we can future-proof our life. Do you know that? You know the Holy Spirit in us is God's seal upon us, but we won't even talk about that right now. We're going to talk about some stuff that Our responsibility, stuff that we need to do, (laughs) amen, because a lot of us think it's all about, you know, the Holy Spirit and we don't have to do anything. You've got to do some things too. Of course, he, of course, he's the one who motivates us and he's that voice inside of us that keeps us moving in the right direction. But if we're not following that voice, if we're not doing the things that God has called us to do, then um, yeah, your future is not where you think it's going to be. So let us read a couple of verses of scripture and to see what the Bible um, says about these things. And I'm going to go to the book of 2 Peter 1, uh, 2 Peter 1, and I'm going to go to the last two two verses that I'm going to read about this, about this topic, Future Crucial Life. Then we're going to go in reverse and go backwards and to see what the writer is talking about. So 2 Peter 1 and verse 10, it says, Because of this, brethren, be all the more solicitous and eager to make sure, to ratify, to strengthen, to make steadfast your calling and election. For if you do this, you will never stumble or fall. The word of God is telling us something. The word of God is saying, if we do certain things, we will never stumble or fall. Did you see that? So, you know, we always say um, um, salvation is not of works. And it really is not. The gift of salvation is not of work. But salvation requires works, requires some things that we need to do. Our belief system is, is the initial access into salvation. Believe in God, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart, right? That brings salvation. For salvation is not of works, it's it's the gift of God, right? That's what Ephesians 2, verse 8 says, For by grace you are saved through faith, and not not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained, that we should walk in them. Amen? So yes, we understand that part of salvation. The initial entrance into saving grace, salvation, is belief, right? what you believe. You must repent. You must accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But then after that, there is stuff for us to do, folks. Amen. We got to get baptized. That's part of it too. But there's a life that we must live. Amen. And we must now grow in the knowledge of the things of God in order for us to do what God wants us to do in order that we make future proof our lives. Now look at, let's look at this. In verse 11, it says, thus, there will be richly and abundantly provided for you entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Did you see that? Let me read the message version. The message version says this. So friends, confirm God's invitation to you. This is verse 10 and 11. His choice of you. Don't put it off. Do it now. Do this. See, something for us to do. And you will have your life on firm footing. The streets paved. The way way wide open into the eternal kingdom of our master and savior, Jesus Christ. And so the Bible is saying there's some things that we have to do for future-proof our life. There's some things that we have to do that will put us on the pathway into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? So there's some things we have to do. So now, let's backtrack. Let's go back. Let's read the, the you know, we have the post-text, the, the pre-text, which gives us the context. So we are gonna go back to the pre-text. Okay, and that's Second Peter 1. Um, and let's say, let's start from verse 2. I normally start from verse 3, but I want us just to look at this, and so we can get a good understanding of the context. May Grace, and I'm reading the amplified version, verse two, may grace God's favor and peace, which is perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity, and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts. Those are the the sinful things that always bother you, right? Those are things you should do before you were sinned, before you became a child of God, before you were saved. And some of those things still bother you. At least they come to your mind. You may not be doing it or acting them out, but they agitate you. They come to your mind. Well, I believe those things keep you humble, by the way. Be multiplied to you, in the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. And so here we go talking about the knowledge of God again, right? There's an expectation about us gaining knowledge. Now, let's go to a little deeper. For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that uh, that are suited to life, and godliness, I talk, I bring the scripture up all the time. God has given us all things that is necessary for life and godliness. It's already deposited in us through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence, which is virtue. So here we go again. The Bible is telling us knowledge is key, okay? We have to gain knowledge. We have to understand what this walk is. What have you, what, have, what have God called you into now? He called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, called you out of ignorance into light, which is knowledge, wisdom, amen. Understanding. But what is it? What am I to learn? What knowledge am I to gain? What understanding do I need to future proof my life? Then he goes on to say in verse 4 by means of these, he has bestowed on us his precious and exceeding great promises. He keep, watch that word, said by the means of these. So what, what means? And then he says, by the means of these, we have bestowed up, he has bestowed on us precious and exceeding great promises so that through them you may escape by flight from the moral decay, rottenness and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness, lust and greed, that's that work of righteousness, and become sharers, partakers of of the divine nature. And so the promises of God, the things that God has put in place for us to practice, amen, it comes to knowledge. And so after we receive Christ, we need to be on a knowledge pathway, gaining knowledge. Seeking God, getting to know God that we may be on the right path. you know the Bible said we ought to devote ourselves, devote ourselves to learning. It means having added and added an intense effort. How many of us have an intense effort to learn about God? How many of us really have an intense effort to read our Bible and to pray and to seek knowledge and to gain wisdom? Amen. And put an intense effort into doing what's right. And, you know, when negative thoughts and bad things and sinful thoughts come to your mind, how many of us have an intense effort to eradicate those things from our minds? Or do we sit and, you know, wallow in it for a while? Do we just do we just wipe it out completely and make sure our thoughts are pure and to make sure our voice is pure and our attitude is pure in everything? About us is pure, and so the Bible said, "By the by, the means of these, He has bestowed on us His precious and exceeding great promise." So then He goes to us and tells us, "What are the things? What are the things we need to be excelling? What are the things we need to be devoted to?" Amen. Let's look at this, and He begins to tell us, right? He says, "For this reason, adding your diligence." To divine promise. The diligence is d- devoted to divine promise, div- devotion to it. It says employ every effort. I mean, do everything you can possibly do in exercise, exercising your faith to develop. The first thing is virtue. Amen. The Bible wants us to be virtuous. God wants us to be virtuous people. You're not saved to remain the same. You're not saved to be in, to stay immoral. You're not saved to stay. You know, in a place where you're lying, you're cheating, you're stealing, you're still doing all those things. No, those things must be eradicated from your life. He you says so. For this reason, as people of God, we must. Push. We must devote ourselves to develop godliness. We must devote ourselves to be Christ like. Amen. And so, I want us to see this because this is important. Because people think that as long as you're saved, you can just mo, you know, just mosey on through life. You know, but that's not how it works. It takes works. It takes discipline. The Bible says we got to work out our salvation with faith. Fear and trembling. <laughs> Did you hear that? The Bible said the the righteous are scarcely saved. Did you hear me, folks? This is not something that we play with. Christianity is not, you know, plaything religion. Christianity is real. It requires devotion. It requires you being real. Because if not, you will miss it. The gates of heaven will be closed to you. Are you hear me? The gates of the kingdom of God will be shut down if we are not doing the things God has said for us to do. The thing about God is this. He really means what he says, you know, and the, the, the hard thing about it is this. Because he said it and he took he took an oath on his name about his word that he that he will never go back on his word. It cannot change. So if God says, if a righteous person turned from his ways, all his previous righteousness will, will never be remembered, will not be remembered. It will be forgotten. Because God said that already, he cannot now come say, well, I'm going to remember your righteousness if you turn from your sin, and you know I'm just going to let it slide. He cannot do that. Why? Because he would invalidate himself. Heaven and earth will just, uh, just be... Cease. Cease to exist if God go back on his word and he cannot do it. Amen. He cannot do it. Okay. So the word of God said, exercise your faith to develop virtue. Virtue means of high moral character. Are oh, You hear me? High moral character, uprightness, upstandingness, integrity, dignity, Remember, I've taught long time ago that as children of God, we ought to carry ourselves with class, godly class, and godly dignity. That's virtue. That's walking, uh, being a virtuous person. Amen. Carry ourselves with class and dignity, honesty. We walk in honor. We carry honor. We need to be honorable people. Amen. As children of God, yes, it's a requirement. It's not an option. Virtue is not an option, amen, but high moral standards is not an option, (laughs) no it is not, it's a requirement, stop thinking, many of us think it's an option, you know, many of us think we can curse and we can swear and it's okay because we're upset, no, that's not, (laughs) no, It's it's not an option. We must carry ourselves with dignity, class, respect, high moral character. Amen. We ought to be honorable people, incorruptibility. That means we don't compromise. Too many Christians compromise, you know, because they say they love somebody or or you know, whatever it is that we compromise is an opportunity to get rich. So we compromise, you know, opportunity. To, um, to get some material things. So we compromise. Um, and so, but we must be incorruptible. We must have a, a level of incorruptibility about us that we will not allow anything to cause us to stray from the path that God has called us to. This word virtue also means decency. We must be decent people. That means we dress decently, we talk, we, we carry our, ourselves decently, amen? We, we carry ourselves with a sense of understanding of who we are. We are proud that we are children of God, amen? We must, we must be decent people, respectability, carry ourselves so people, can, people will respect us, amen? They may not like us, but they will respect us. You know why? Because of how we carry ourselves, our walk, and our talk. There must be something different about us as children of God, Amen. So we said the Bible said, uh, exercising your faith, Amen, to develop excellence, right? Resolution, Christian energy, and an exercise in exercising virtue, we develop knowledge, right." Uh, Knowledge or intelligence, the the Amplified Version says. Knowledge means understanding, comprehension. We get a grip (laughs) of ourselves and get a grip of the Word of God. Amen? Revelation. We master our walk in God. We master it. We master our emotions. Amen? Why? Because we have intelligence. Intelligence. You know, I always said we need to be intelligent Christians. We need to be thinking Christians, not just feeling Christians. Some of us feel our way, you know, and just go by how we feel, you know, but we need to be thinking. We need to be intelligent. We need to know how to navigate our way through the sinful world. We need to be able to recognize the rottenness of this world and intelligently Counteract it, push back at it. That's what's required of us as children of God. We are to grow in it with our virtue. We are to grow into greater knowledge, greater in- intelligence. And, intel- and in and exercising in knowledge, we develop self control. What is self control? It's temperance of your lifestyle, temperance of your lifestyle, self restraint moderation let me say it again moderation self-discipline lack of indulgence abstinence self-denial that's self-control you know we if we don't live our lives by control if we don't have discipline we will tend to do anything we will tend to do anything we will fall for anything if we don't have discipline If we don't have boundaries for our lives and for what we do with our bodies, we must have boundaries. We must have self control. We must, we must have self discipline. We must be able to do what God say do. We must listen to that voice inside of us, the Spirit of God inside of us. He, he is there to, to lead you, to guide you. And the Bible said He will lead you into all truth, He will keep you on the straight and narrow Pathway. Are oh, you hearing me? It is so important. As children of God, we should be abounding in these things, in the things of God. We should be growing, becoming better and better every day. We should be practicing self control. Glory to God. You know, self control even, even affects what we do with our physical man. Are we eating too much? Are we, you know, all these things that we just lack control. We just, just, let me just stop right there. We need to have (laughs) self-control. We need to, and with that, um, uh, self-control is steadfastness. And with that, we develop patience and endurance with the steadfastness. And in exercising steadfastness, we develop godliness or piety. Amen. You know what the word godliness means? It means the quality of being devoutly religious. <laughs> you know, we, we get this lie now, you know, about not being religious, you know, uh, you know, people don't want to be religious and this spirit of religious and re- religion and all this kind of stuff. Listen, if we're not, if we're not religious about some of the things in our lives, we won't accomplish anything. If we don't religiously get up early to get to work, we're going to be fired if we're not religious and getting to work on time. So I don't even want to hear these people talk about, you know, we don't want this religious spirit. You better have some kind of religious spirit. You better have a religious spirit to do what's right in the eyes of God. Otherwise, you we're not going to make it in the kingdom of heaven. We must become religious in doing the things that God has called us to do. We must be religious in our attendance of worship service. We must be religious in praying. We must be religious in reading the word. We must be religious in doing the things that God has called us to do. We must have a sense of piety, a sense of holiness a sense of righteousness, a sense of dignity and class about us at all times. Yeah, we better be religious at that. Amen. Be religious at it. We're not talking about you thinking you better or, you know, this part of religion is better than that. Now, we just want to make sure that we are in the law of God. We're doing the things that God has called us to do. We're growing. The Bible said we must always be abounding in the work of the Lord. Hey, that's work to do in the kingdom. Many of us think we can just get in the kingdom and do absolutely nothing. Well, you better refuse to be a good for nothing in the kingdom of heaven. You better figure out what God has called you to do. There must be something for you to do in the kingdom of heaven. It may not be in the church, but it better be someplace in the kingdom that you actively participate in. Amen. You're actively participated in the work of the kingdom of God. God did not bring no lazy folks, no lazy folks. You know, remember the, 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 the um, when Jesus talked about those who were given the talents, what did he say? about the, the servant who was given his one talent and he hid it, did nothing with it. And when his master returned, he gave it back to him. Then he accused his master of being a hard man. <laughs> Listen, God had given you a gift and a talent. If you don't know what it is, you better figure it out because you need to be using your gifts and your talent, amen, to advance the kingdom of heaven in the earth. Amen. And so children of God, we got to exercise these things, do these things, exercise in godliness. Brotherly affection is the next thing. Um, It's that fraternal um, order, right? Because we are all of the same fraternity, right? We're all of the body of Christ, right? And so we have brotherly affection or brotherly love friendliness to each other. The Bible said the world should know us by our love for our brethren. Not for them, but for us. We should have a love for each other. That is so amazing that the world will look at us and know us that we are Christians by our love for each other. Amen. The world should know us by our love for the brethren. We must have that brotherly, fraternal, sibling-type love. We're of the same body of Christ. Amen. We're kind to one another. Watch this. We are devoted, loyal to each other. Amen. We must be of one. We must be cordial, sympathetic. Amen. Charitable to each other. Are you hearing me? One of the words that they use is chummy. (laughs) Simple means we're to be easy going with one another. Nice, friendly. You know, after church on Sundays, we hang out a little bit just to say hi, just to say, just to get to know each other, just to talk to one another. Are you hearing me? We need to develop that level of friendship, but this is what the word of God is telling us to do. And in and in exercising such, we develop Christian love for one another. And that Christian love is that agape love that we're not looking down on people because they have less than what we do. They may not be as good looking as we are. They may not dress the way we dress. They may not drive what we drive, have what we have and all those things. They may not be as talented, you know, but you see that God required um, the same level of effort from the one who he gave one talent has, has once he gave five talent, they have to be a level of effort. So don't, don't look down on people or less talent because there's a requirement on them, on them. And those of you who are multi-talented, there's even greater requirement on you. Amen. And so children of God, we must develop that, that love, that caring spirit for our brothers and sisters, we must understand who we are in God because as these qualities are keeps on increasing and abound in us, they will keep you from being idle or unfruitful. That's what the word of God says. If we allow all these things to develop in us, we will be, we will not be unfruit unfruitful. We will be fruitful. Christians. Amen. Simple means we'll produce after the Holy Spirit that's in us. The Bible says in, in Galatians 5 and 22, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which is present within accomplishes, that means its power within accomplishes, is love, joy, which is gladness, peace, patience, which is an even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, which is benevolence, faithfulness, Gentleness, which is meekness and humility, self control, which is self restraint. And against such things, there is no law. That means nothing can bring a charge against these things. Amen. And the Bible said, if we're consistently doing these things, we will never fall. You know what that means? We are focused on doing what is right. We are focused. On being godly. We are focused on developing that divine nature in us. Amen. That's what it is. We simply, we're being focused on becoming godlike, the divine nature, being partakers of his divine nature. That means we are godlike. Amen. We treat each other like God would treat us, we will do what Jesus would do. This is what this means. And the Bible says, if, these, if as these qualities are ours and increasingly abound with you, they will keep us from being idle or unfruitful. Are you hearing me? We won't be idle. We won't be unfruitful as we are working these qualities in us. Amen. And then the Bible said, for whoever lacks these qualities is blind spiritually, short sighted, sees only what is near to him, and has become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from his old sins. Listen, we don't want to be walking in ignorance, oblivious of the fact that God has transitioned us from the old way into a new way, transitioned us from darkness into light. But no, we want to make sure. Brethren, in verse 10, it says, because of this, brethren, be all the more solicitous and eager to make sure, to ratify, to strengthen, to make steadfast your calling and election. For if you do these, you will never stumble or fall." Did you see that? God, listen, see, many of us, you know, we get used to, oh, we fall down and we get up. And, and that's a level of Christianity where a lot of us That's where we are, where a lot of us practice. That's right where many Christians are, falling down and getting up, falling down and getting up. No consistency in your walk with God. One day you're saved and the next day you're out the door. You're just in and out, you know, not consistent in your walk with God. And the word of God tells us if we're focusing on these things, we will never fall. We never fall if we're focused as according to what the word of God is saying. And there will be richly and abundantly provided for you entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So when we practice these things, and um, when we practice the things that the, the word of God tells us we need to practice, and we do things according to the word of God, we will never fall. Amen. Never fall. Are you hear me? Never fall. Of course, we know if we fall, we can repent and all those things. But how about not falling? You know, how about, you know, all of us are walking down the street every day. You know, um, when you fall, if you fall, especially the older we get, <laughs> you, you could hurt yourself. right? And when hurting yourself in a fall is not a good thing. So you're going to make sure you're not falling. Right? You're going to make sure, you know, as you get older, some people use walkers. Why? Why do they use walkers? To help them so they don't fall, right? It's fall prevention. Why do they have railings on stairs? It's fall prevention. But falling causes pain. Falling causes hurt. Matter of fact, you can fall and break your neck and die. And so there's fall prevention. And here the Bible is teaching us fall prevention. All these things that we do, we prevent ourselves from falling, glory to God, because we do not have to fall. You don't have to fall going down the stairs if you take your time and hold on to the rail ends. And so we need to keep ourselves from falling because falling tend to always bring pain and hurt. The Bible says, if we do all these things, we will never fall. Amen. The King James verse said, Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Oh, that's what the word of God says. So we basically future proof your life. Not hard. Trust if, if, the, if the Bible tells you you can do it, then the Holy Spirit already has empowered you to do it. We just have to begin to practice what it says. Listen what it says in verse 2. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, according as his divine power has given unto us all things already. It's already given unto you. Everything that's necessary for life and godliness, which godliness is all these things that we talked about that you need to have developed in you. That means godlike character. God has already has given us the ability to become godlike in our character. And if we do these things, we will never fall. Amen. I pray that you get that and you understand that and you know and and the spirit of God will will touch you and you will understand what I'm trying to say this morning, because we need to make sure that our lives are future-proofed, and we're not, you know, going back into the things that brings pain. We're not falling all over ourselves all the time and doing things that's not pleasing to God, but we're doing the things that are pleasing to God, and your future-proof your life. Don't be deluded. The Bible says, if, you if you're not doing these things, you are blind and oblivious to the fact that you're still in your sin. Amen. But no, um, we, we will refuse to be ignorant. We refuse to stay in the dark about these things. We're going to make sure that we're doing everything that will bring the peace of God, the grace of God, and that the doors of heaven is wide open for us. Amen. Let me say it again, that the doors of heaven are wide open for us and nothing is keeping us out of the heaven that God has prepared for us. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for, for another day. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for grace. Thank you for knowledge. Thank you for understanding. Thank you, Father, for all that you have prepared for us. Thank you for the divine knowledge that you have made it possible for us to gain. Thank you for giving us all things that is necessary for life and necessary for godliness. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for the joy and the peace. Thank you, God, because there is a way that you have set for man hallelujah there is a divine pathway there's a highway of holiness that you have set for us and father your word says if we continue to develop our godly your divine nature God if we continue to develop godlike characters we will never fall and we will the gates of heaven will be wide open for us Lord we thank you again For God, this gives us hope. God, this gives us something to work at, to work towards. God, this this opens our mind and and lets us know that with you, God, we are able. You already have given us the power, the, 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 the energy, the strength. Why? Because your spirit is already in us. And Father, cause us to never see ourselves as failures, never see ourselves as weak. For your words let the weak say that we are strong let the poor say that we are rich because of what the lord has done thank you god because you have given us everything that is necessary for life and godliness and so father it's our duty god to work on what you have given us to work with you have what you have given us by seeking knowledge, by seeking understanding. God, by walking and carrying ourselves with class and with dignity, with piety and God, and, and godly character. God, that you that you may be pleased with us. I'm reminded, God, of Enoch. The Bible said he had this testimony that he pleased you. And I pray, God, that our lives will be pleasing to you that like Enoch's experience, God, you simply took him. God, we thank you for doing it for us today. And I pray God that we will refocus our lives. We will, God, look at you, look at the things you've called us to do and know and understand that all things are possible through you. And it it is you who has given us the strength to accomplish and to do that with your word, requires us to do. Thank you again, Father, for the favor that is on our head, the increase on our hands, the swiftness on our feet. Thank you for forgiving our past, preserving our present, and guaranteeing our future. For there is not a feeble one among us. We're healthy, we're wealthy, we're strong in you, our Lord, and the power of your might. For though our beginning was small, our latter end has greatly increased. And we know that the end revealed is a sure thing father we thank you we give you thanks and we give you praise for it's in jesus name we pray amen